Join Scotty and Hans Tuesday from noon to 3 at 7211 South Plaza Center Drive in West Jordan. They're going to be a Bright Star Wireless. Customers that visit will receive a free liquid screen protector for your Android or Apple device while supplies last. Also, don't forget to ask about the iPads for $99.99. Bright Star Wireless Tuesday with Hans and Scotty. All right, time now to talk Utah football with Kyle Gunther, the red and the blue. Kyle joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Kyle, good morning. DJ, how are you? Good morning. I am getting myself worked up for a big weekend. of. Eh, it's not that big weekend of football, is it really? <laughs> it's Arizona. As a player, were you just... So happy to play football that you didn't care about the team across from you? Or did you have problems getting worked up for some games? Now, if you have a problem getting worked up for a football game, football's not your thing. So it's not realistic to say, oh, you know, this team is bad. You know, will the Utes overlook Arizona? But there's no denying it. When you're playing a ranked team, let's say it's on the road, you understand what that hostile environment is. You can tell on film how talented a team is. And there's just a different level of preparation. But perfection is something that everyone is striving for in football. It's, it's rarely, if ever, been done. I guess Zach Wilson did that last year in the bowl game. But other than that, typically you don't see perfect performances. But as a player, when you're going against a team that's got so many bad plays on film, like Arizona has just mistake and lazy play, you think, I want to play well. I want to play maybe the game of my life. That's what you think when you play a team that you was bad on film. But, no, football's about needing to hurt people. And every single week, every fourth day, that that week or season, you start to get that itch. got to hurt somebody. You can't do it on campus. You can't do it after practice. You wait for – you long for Saturday for a chance to knock somebody's eyes in the back. And you do that to on a team that is struggling. So, as an offensive lineman, it comes down to that, doesn't it? You're just begging them to call run plays. Listen, I know they can't defend the pass a, lot, a lick, but let, let's remember who they are, and I want to pile drive somebody seven yards downfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Arizona's front seven struggle. Their linebacker, uh, they're out of position a lot. Their second mistakes. Uh, you know, it was, it was weird. The Oregon game from last week, Oregon threw the ball a ton to Arizona be. Arizona couldn't stop it. I'm not sure the Utes are going to do that. Uh, Tyler had a great day against UCLA because UCLA trying to play man coverage and they can't do it. Arizona, they can't play man coverage. They barely do it. They try to back into a zone, and I bet Tyler Huntley's going to have some success doing that. But Arizona made a mental mistake, I think, on the third play against Oregon, second or third play. Just a complete blown coverage. Oregon gets a 75-yard touchdown play, but no, I think the youth are going to run the football they've done the, the majority of this year, and I think that's going to be the game plan early on against Arizona. But uh, don't be surprised if the youth try to start fast here. Normally the youths are very conservative. Uh, if we were to make a box analogy, the youths are trying to feel out their jab in the first couple of possessions. This Arizona team is primed to make mistakes, mental mistakes, not just physical mistakes. They're in the wrong position, so... Maybe the Utes do come out and start trying to throw the ball, trying to mimic what Oregon did. Although, man, Justin Herbert was so sensational, so sensational the ball last week. Times that may be easier said than done. 
Do you buy into the thought that a team that's got a big game a week or two out needs to play well now, get momentum, or every game is its own deal and that doesn't matter? You just don't have the ability when you're 19 to have the foresight or even the five sight to look ahead and to realize the context of things. So you have a massive game up against Oregon in the championship game, or they got a matchup in the potato bowl coming up in a couple of weeks, too, because if they screw up a couple of weeks, the Utes are not going They're not going to the championship game. And Kyle Whittingham is going to make that obvious. Now, Eric, Colorado are a bad football team. So it is reasonable to expect these young guys, the team to start looking forward to bowl games and bowl gifts and all that. Think about last year. Colorado, and they sealed up Pac-12 South, uh, the best season since being in the Pac-12. They get to face Washington again, the rematch in the Pac-12 championship game, and then, whoop, they forgot BYU still cared about rivalry. BYU went up 20-3 to at half, and what was it, or 20-9, I think, at half, and then it was 27-7, to and the Utes were up a bit in because they had a year ago, but that was the first time they ever won the South. And I, I think you can give the youth a little bit of leeway there. There were some guys that obviously forgot. BYU is really hard, regardless of their record. Well, that seemed like it was only a matter of time before that was going to happen. His cell was a little scratchy there for a while. Yeah, exactly. So uh, n- now it's time for you to just try to build what they've done the last couple of weeks. They'll focus uh, – avoid what the year ago because trying to look forward so I think it was just because it's a scenario for the youths to be and now they've done that they have expectations Kyle Gunther joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone uh, do you care about anything else happening in football right now or as a youth I mean like Ohio State Penn State theoretically right that game could impact the path to a playoff. Are you following that at all? Do you think there's a shot at that or brand names rule and it's a long shot and you're just going to watch the Utes? Oh, I'm, have you watched LSU this year? They are amazing. Uh, their quarterback, Burrow, I mean, he can make throws that a lot of guys in the NFL can't move. Every single starter on LSU's offensive and defensive line is going to the NFL. Asking from a, a global standpoint, DJ, Vomited right in the first quarter, watching the Colts and Texans. I believe it was the first drive for the Colts. Maybe it was the second drive. The rest held two holding calls in three plays. Both of them were bushly. And I realized, oh, oh nobody cares. Yeah, Yox, see if you can get him on a landline there because he's scratching and cutting out, and there you go. All right, Kyle Gunther, the red and the blue, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. He's right about LSU. And I actually heard a Ute fan say this yesterday. That they want to go to the Rose Bowl because they don't want any part of LSU in the Peach Bowl. And I thought, man, there's a portion of the Ute fandom who does not want to hear that. Give us a bite of the apple. Give us a shot at the big dog. We'll take our chances. I get you both thinking that. What kind of year do you want? You've been Fiesta, you've been Sugar. If you've been a Ute fan for 20 years, it's like the rose just, it closes the loop. It's the circle. It shows we've arrived. Although there's an interesting thing happening in the rankings we have to talk about, about the power of brand names and how college football just sucks up to the power teams. But we'll get to that in a minute. 
first, we got Kyle back here. Kyle, you back with us now? Yeah, sorry, I was sticking my head in the microwave. I apologize. Okay. You were talking about you watched an NFL game after you were talking about a bunch of college football. What was your point there? Well, if, if we're talking about football in general, it's changing because the, the Colts offensive line has been pretty good this year. They got called for, I think it was back-to-back holding penalties last night. And so football's changing. You can't hit anybody over the middle. Refs are trying to call holding calls. It's nonsense. They need to eliminate the holding call. Here's what they really need to do. In the NFL and in college football, take the referees' microphones away. If you have to show them on TV, let them make the quick call. Make them, you know, let the refs make the hand motion to the crowd and then move on from it. Because every time these refs throw their flag, they know they're getting camera time. So maybe this is too much of an aside. But how about this? Let's all agree, stop showing the referees, and the games will speed up by an hour. But to your point, though, about what's left on the college football front for the Utes, no, if they control, uh, they control their own destiny. If they win out and beat a very good Oregon team in the championship game, there's nothing left for them to do. And we'll see if there really is a Pac-12 bias then. But, no, there, there's still a few storylines left in college football. I mean, I'm interested still in – Who's going to win the Heisman? Is it? I, I mean, a, a lot of people say it's going to be Joe Burrow from LSU, but no, the Utes are on the verge of accomplishing something that they've never done before, and it's all in their hands now. So I, I don't think it necessarily matters who wins out. And I, if the Utes are, what will that be, 12 and 1 12 and at one. that point at the end of the year, I, I got to assume that they're in that fourth spot. See, the thing is that everything about this is rigged for the brand names and the power teams. And if you want an example, check this week's rankings from the committee and look at the Big Ten. Minnesota just lost their first game, right? They have beaten yep. Penn State head-to-head and given Penn State their only loss. They're both 9-1. and one. Penn State is ranked above Minnesota. And I'm a conspiracy theory guy, okay? Ohio State is going to go undefeated and go in the playoffs. The Rose Bowl is going to take the, take the next highest-ranked team. They want Penn State, not Minnesota, because Penn State's got a brand name. There is no reason that if two teams are 9-1, and one, like Penn State and Minnesota, that the team that lost the head-to-head game should be ranked higher. But they are. And I'm a conspiracy theorist. I think it's because the Rose Bowl wants Penn State, not Minnesota. Of course they want Penn State. And not Minnesota. Of and course they would want. Of uh, course, the playoff is going to want an SEC team, not a Pac-12 team. That is the whole basis of what. And a lot of you fans buy this, but there's a certain percentage there's light and pecan app on Twitter. But that's exactly the same mindset that is going to put a 12 and one Ute team in the Rose Bowl instead of in the playoff. I'm afraid, and maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about the conspiracy theory. But I look at Penn State, Minnesota, and think there it is, living, breathing, right there. Well, it's not a theory. It's about these bowl games are trying to make money. And you tell me the greatest Minnesota gopher football player in history. I'll wait because I can't think of one. Nobody cares about Minnesota outside of the Thousand Lake uh, area or whatever. So, yeah, there's absolutely a bias because football is about getting the best product out there. Now, the the theory in favor, you know, the the thought process in favor of the Utes would be the Pac-12 has missed out on the playoff every year except for, I believe, the inaugural Uh, season of the playoff. They've been in twice. Okay, yeah, they have been in twice. Well, there's been so much complaining about whether or not the Pac-12 belongs or not. If it comes down to a coin flip scenario, I think they'll put the Utes in to say if the Utes accomplish what they need to, or Oregon, either way, I I think the committee will say, let's put the Pac-12 in and let's see if all this is warranted. You have uh, sort of an easy target for the rest of the college football landscape. But also, there's a reason 
college football powerhouses are at the top of college football. You mentioned the brand name value. Go back 15 years, and a lot of those names are the same. Texas, Oklahoma, Florida. Florida State's dropped off. That's a weird one. But, yeah, uh, LSU, Alabama, Auburn. You know, These programs are powerhouses because they have spent the money. They have invested in their programs for 20 years. So, yeah, it's great that the USF all of a sudden rose up a couple of years ago. It's great this year. Yeah, Minnesota's having a great year. I don't even know if Minnesota has an indoor practice facility. So you've got to pay to play, and there are programs that are investing in doing that, and, and the rest of college football recognizes that because it is a better product. You know, everybody talks about David versus Goliath. What about Goliath versus Goliath? And that's what college football is going for. They, they want the biggest matchups possible. So since you dared me to find the greatest Minnesota Golden Gophers of all time, you remember Eric Decker, the Denver Bronco wide receiver? Did, did he go to Minnesota? Third no, round know. pick, yeah. Okay. Golden they Gophers. A, uh, Minnesota had a center that won the Remington maybe 10 years ago, Elijah Schlesinger or something like that. I forget his name, but he was cool. I remember that. <laughs> I remember. I always remembered Marion Barber the third because there aren't a lot of guys in the NFL named Marion, nor are there a lot of the thirds. And he was both, and he was a Gopher before he was a Cowboy. But you're right. There you go. They don't have a lot of big names, and they don't have a lot of guys you remember, uh, and so they're they're not one of the sexy names. And Penn State to the Rose Bowl. And the funny thing is, Ute fans are like, I'd rather play Penn State than Minnesota. Wait a minute, that's the attitude that could sink Utah. Stop it. But. We can't because it's actually how college football works. It just does. Yeah, and don't forget, too, in 08, there was a lot of people that said the Utes had no business being in the Sugar Bowl. Nobody Mm -hmm. wanted to watch that game because the average college football fan, and the average football fan is not on the West Coast. Right. The the overwhelming majority of football fans are in the Southeast, they're on the East Coast, and, and the reason is the weather's terrible over there. People care about football more. They spend more money on football per, you know, per capita than they do here on the West Coast. So uh, the youth shocked a lot of people in 08 when they beat up on a very good Alabama team in the Sugar Bowl. But I forget what the ratings were for that game. And I'd venture to guess that uh, the Sugar Bowl would have rather seen, I don't know, whatever the matchup. Was that Auburn was the other team that year? In, or maybe that was uh, – maybe I'm getting my, my teams wrong. But Yeah, yeah that I, was 04 for sure, Auburn. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, and I'm sure you know two SEC teams or an SEC versus a Big Ten team – would get you better ratings, but this is a Utah team that has the cachet of one of the longest tenured head coaches in college football. I think there's a lot of storylines that are working in Utah's favor. Uh, they can still be considered that, that underdog, but the Utes have allowed the fewest average yards per play in the entire Pac-12 era of any of the Pac-12 teams. Since the Pac-10 became the Pac-12, the Utes allowed the fewest yards per play. The Utes lead the nation in rush defense this year. This is legitimately the best Utah team that they've ever had. Kyle, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the uh, what should be the blowout in Tucson Saturday night, and we will talk to you again next week. I'm with you. Thanks, DJ. Say hi to PK for me. I will. Kyle Gunther, PK on the road. He's in Tucson for the game. Brian Keel, the Cougars, will be here to talk about the other blowouts. Utes are favored by 23, and you think that's enormous, and it is, and yet BYU is favored by 40. And a half. Don't forget the hook. We'll talk with uh, Brian Keel coming up at 9 o'clock. Next, though, it's the Jazz. They've got the worst team in the NBA, the Warriors. What's with all the uh, – how does this happen? 
Why aren't there big games? You got, you got everybody's not everybody because Utah State. Most teams are playing somebody kind of a, who's kind he- of a blase weekend. Headed man. south a little bit here this season. We'll talk with David Locke next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. Jazz back-to-back home games this weekend, a rarity. Tonight, it's the Warriors. Tomorrow night, it's the Pelicans. Both games start at 7 o'clock. Pre-game show starts at 6 here on 97.5 The Zone. 1280 The Zone has the Aggies tonight. Early game, 5 o'clock. The Aggies are playing in Jamaica. It's 15th-ranked Utah State against LSU, a perfect 5-0 Aggie team, a 3-1 Tiger team. The game's on TV on the CBS Sports Network. Tony Parks has the call on The Zone on 1280 The Zone at 5 p.m. The Utes lost their first game of the year. They were blown out by Coastal Carolina, 79-57 in their tournament. Utes are going to face Ohio tonight at 5.30 on ESPN News. Topper of the Wire brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. It's important for guys like Urban Meyer to stand up and say, no, you, you got to take a look at this Utah team. If Clemson and Utah played tomorrow, I'd put money on Utah minus three. I think Utah beat Clemson. No, I know it's it's all guessing. It's all hypothetical. But when I look at what Clemson does well and what Utah can do defensively and what I think they could do offensively, Clemson's done a good job suppressing teams defensively over the last few weeks, but they haven't played a consistent run-based team that works well off play action and has a quarterback playing at, let's be honest, a Heisman level. I just don't want to see this time come and go, have this team be a flash in the pan and then a Rose Bowl win over Minnesota. That's still a heck of a consolation prize. I know what you're saying, but that's still like... To me, it'd be a letdown. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Purchase a Ford Fans on All-You-Can-Eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fans on All-You-Can-Eat tickets now. David Locke joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. David, good morning. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are, <laughs> you, are you ready? Back-to-back home games and then an Eastern road trip. Ready, go. We're into the meat of the season. We have, Forget the warm-up acts. I think we have <clears throat> something like 11, 11 straight days of a game we're playing flight. Nice. Somewhat self-imposed because we're not um, flying after games uh, on the road. We're staying and then flying the next day. Oh, better for the sleep and all that? They've uh, they've been tracking I that? Guess. I guess. I, I just I don't get some of this stuff, but... You know what? I'm not a sleep doctor. I love my favorite line is, I'll listen to the whole sleep thing when it comes to someone who's not called a sleep doctor because the sleep doctor that tells me sleep's not that important doesn't have a job. Um, and I don't like to sleep, so I don't really like it when they tell me I'm supposed to sleep. Um, but I, I actually don't know. I, I like wonder on. So it's better to sleep, I guess. And the concern is, you know, these guys fly, they get in the city, and they turn on a device, and then they're up all night. Um, even if you get in late and then they don't get a good sleep, 
I do wonder on the impact of sitting on a plane, and that's kind of known as actually medically of having a pretty big impact on you every time you get on a plane of dehydrating, aging, all those kind of things. So I wonder, you know, are you better off having not been on a plane for two days before you jump on a on a basketball court compared to sleeping? I I don't know. I just sometimes wonder on all these things whether. You know, we're making a decision because of one part of the equation, not the whole equation, but that's probably silly for me to worry about considering how much the Jazz dig into this stuff. And I'm probably talking more about the NBA as a whole than the Jazz specifically because the Jazz specifically work amazingly hard to have a elite-level medical staff and, and work on these various things. It started with bringing Mike Elliott over and assistant general manager David Morway oversees a lot of it. So, I mean, these guys really work amazingly hard at this stuff. So I would say that there's... I'm sure they've looked at all of the components to it. I just, I, I just think it's really interesting how much, you know, it's the same thing as load management seems like the Jazz aren't shooting around today. Well, that's load management. Like, why does load management always have to be on the game? And um, I just don't understand some. I don't mean to sound like I'm old school. In fact, I'm probably not. But I just don't understand some of the some of the aspects of of what m- moves the meter more than others. I think as the season goes, you know, there's different storylines to take over. And while some people worry about the travel and how many plane trips and all that, I think for a lot of Jazz fans early in the year, it's like, oh, what about Mike Conley? And now I think it's, oh, what about the bench? Uh, Before we get to the bench, Mike Conley's numbers, while not exactly where a lot of people want him, have they trended well enough in the ballpark that it's clear he is getting comfortable, things are getting better, and there really are other things to worry about? Are we there yet, or are you still a little worried about it? Uh, it's more of visual. Actually, with Mike, I mean, I think there are some numbers that you can see, particularly the no turnovers the other night, that show he's, he's beginning to under- feel more comfortable. It's more watching him play it, but jumps to me and, and watching him actually in practice and seeing what he's doing in practice to try to understand um, what is needed and, and what the team needs. So, I mean, he's been over 15 points for, I think, nine straight games or eight straight games at this point. So he's getting the scoring opportunities um, and, is, and is contributing in that manner. I think his shooting percentage over the last five or six is just is kind of average. Um but he's averaging 17 points a game in that span, so that you can see is coming around. Um, but to me, it's more of just watching him play that he's he has a feel and a vibe for what we're doing, and he's you know trying. His post game interview with me the other night I thought was really really interesting, where he said you know it's been hump. Like I said like is it invigorating or frustrating that like you're 13, 12 years into your career and you're trying something you have to try something new? And he said it's been really humbling. You know you think you. have you've been good enough, you think you have it figured out, and then you find out that, like, well, here's a team that needs me to do something different than I've ever done before. Um, the thing that I talk about the most is that what's called the Nash dribble, which is uh, when you when you take the dribble from either the right or the left side and you come down the baseline and end up on the other side, which is Steve Nash kind of did a lot of. I'm sure other people did too, but um, it, it flips the defense. It also prevents you from getting caught in the um, it gets you caught in the um, uh, I'm trying to think of what that's called I don't really have a name for it but you know deep post area where two bigs are suddenly surrounding him and he's making a decision it lets him make his decision back on the other side David Locke joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone so I'm not going to be as worried about uh, Conley then I'm going to worry about the bench because you know, you got to be worried about something unless you have a 20 game win streak the bench performance. Um, well, it was, I, think, I mean, I think that there's a point where, for the last few years, we've had this incredible kind of what I would call three through twelve depth. Um, we probably weren't good enough one and two, 
um, and then that showed in the playoffs. And we so we had this great three through twelve depth where when anybody got hurt, someone else stepped in. It was really really good. Um, we don't have that, and that's part of having a thirty million dollar point guard and having a thirty million dollar center. Is you just yep. don't have those things anymore. Um, you know, they've taken a few interesting projects to try to see what they can do um, and, and make some inroads. Trying to, you know, with the Ed Davis injury, then Tony Bradley had an opportunity, and um, you're taking Emmanuel Moutier, who has, you know, top 10 pick, who's shown signs and development uh, in New York, and now you're giving him an opportunity here to try to do the same. And, and frankly, thus far has been probably um, pretty encouraging. Overall, uh, he didn't have a great game the other night, and you know his game is not necessarily one that matches exactly what the Jazz do. Um, and so I think it's an adaptation to watch. I mean, there's times when he brings the ball down, just beats this guy and lays it up and in, and I'm so used to Jazz basketball. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I like that. Like, he got two points on a layup. Of course you like it. Um, but he's, you know, so he's done a really nice job in, in a lot of ways. And so you're just trying to piece it together. Jeff Green is a, is a player who, at 33 years old, is – you know, amazingly versatile, amazingly athletic, um, has not had a very good plus-minus career over his 13 years in the NBA, and you're trying to find a way to make it work. And thus far as plus-minus with us hasn't been very good. So as you watch the team, those are a couple things that we're hearing from fans. What do you think the projects are? Or what we're hearing from fans pretty spot on? No, I mean, I think those are real. I, I think the one that's the most interesting is just the way the league's adapting. Um, the biggest, you know, well, let me, let me back up. Like, our three primary lineups that we have that we play on the floor, like, so our three that have played over 100 possessions, are plus 19, plus 19, and plus 15. All right, so that's pretty good. Like, in regards to how the team was built, you know, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert, and Joe Ingles, when you have some combination of those players on the floor, we're crushing people. Yeah. And so... Now you got to make a decision. Um, how if those are our six primary pieces, and when they're on the floor, we're crushing people. Plus eighteen, plus nineteen, plus fifteen. I would guess if I ran numbers on all the lineups in the NBA, those are well. I can tell you because I'm cleaning the glass. Those are in the ninety fourth, eighty ninth, and seventy ninth percentile. There's only one of those three numbers I ever saw on a high school test score, yeah. um, and it wasn't the ninety four or the eighty nine. So, you know, if we're if we're getting that kind of performance out of the group that we wanted, you now have to make a decision. Are you breaking those groups up and putting, are you trying to play four starters at a time, three starters at a time, two starters at a time? Like, how do you want to do this? And you've got to be careful that in order to cover for the bench, you don't lose those lineups right there because that's what's winning yeah. the basketball game. So a couple things is, have happened. Sure, the bench isn't great, but those guys are so dominant that they're winning you basketball. The offensive rating of... These of the lineups, I mean, they're just incredible. And then you add the fact that we're good defensively. So, I mean, there's some really high hopes when you suddenly look at those those six guys. And if you can get Ed Davis to give you seven, and you and one other, you know, one other guy to give you eight or nine, you're you're pretty well set. So, I'm not sure it's as desperate as we're making it as it feels out there. And it's certainly, you know, those are tough minutes, but pretty dominant in the other minutes. And I think you have to realize that it takes me back a little bit to Doc Rivers Clippers, where he, he would just play with five starters because they were so great. Um, um, and, you know, and so <clears throat> they were so dominant that they just, you know, they played those five starters. What was it? Chris Paul, JJ Redick, 
um, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and somebody. It was like Luke Wamute and the interchangeable small forward, Matt Barnes. And then he would just play his five bench guys and just try to survive the other 12 minutes because they were so dominant in those 36. I kind of feel like we're not that far off that. I, I think you're right, and I think two things about that. One, can those guys sustain the 35, 36, 37 minutes a night? Uh, Joe Ingles is over 30. Mike Conley is over 30. Do you really want to have them? You know, with a deep playoff run, that'd be 100 games of that. That's asking a lot. I know that's a good idea. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is just survive the other 12, and I get that. But when you're giving up an 18-to-1 run, uh, you're not surviving it. You know, if you could get through those 12 minutes and you got outscored 12 to 7, I would say just live with it. That's good enough. But when you've got an 11 point lead and all of a sudden you're down four, it's like, wow, you just, that, and that's what happened in the first half of Minnesota. You've just flipped this game completely on its ear, and it happened again in the second half. Yeah, I mean, we're 29th in the league in offense in the second quarter, so that's pretty bad. Um, we're, but here's the craziest one. You ready for this? We're 29th in the league offensively in the second quarter, and we're positive. So as long as the starters, or not really the starters, because it's six guys. There's a combination of these six guys with, uh, you know, Joe and and Royce, and how do they use them? Um, but can those guys play those big minutes then? Because if they can, you're right. Then you just survive some of the other stuff, and you don't worry about it. But can they sustain these 35, 36 minutes a night? Right. And Ed Davis didn't have a great vibe going early, but I think he is a valuable piece, and so things will hopefully stabilize a little bit. I mean, a lot of what is trying to figure out how you what we're doing with those backup center minutes right now without Ed Davis. David Locke joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Is this year the best thing that happened to the Warriors, even though they're just you know taking it on the chin this year? They've had a lot of guys play a lot of postseason minutes, and so as they get into the last third of their career or so, hey, to have a year to get healthy, not play a lot of minutes, and get a high draft pick who will be inexpensive for a team that's capped out, is this really setting them up for the next three years? I think so. I mean, you do have Clay coming off a pretty significant injury, and you know everyone is getting older, so you're going to have to find <clears throat> either D'Angelo Russell's the piece, or you have to use D'Angelo Russell to become something else and, and find a way to uh, and rebuild your roster a little bit, so um, they were pretty smart in getting D'Angelo Russell and assuming that the draft picks wouldn't be worth a lot with the amount of talent that they have. That was a was an interesting move on their part on the backside of Kevin Durant. Cost him a draft pick or two, which seems pricey unless you kind of look at the history of 20s and those picks aren't that expensive. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think so. I, I was really curious to see. I thought they'd be sixth or seventh in the West. And, <clears throat> and then when... And then when I was curious to see, like, so February comes or late January, and, like, the staff and Draymond loaded up on a regular old January night when they're looking as though they're sixth or seventh and Clay's not coming as reinforcements and, like, what are they really playing for? I thought it was going to be a funky transition for them. I guess they don't have to go through that now. I mean, this team is truly terrible right now and, and will probably be, the you know, one of the worst two or three records in the NBA unless Steph comes back and plays a lot. It'll be interesting to see how they manage Steph and Draymond. I mean, you just really can't give a guy a year off. It's kind of against the league rules, so I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do. David Locke, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David, good luck with all the travel coming up. We will talk to you again next week. I look forward to it. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, David. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Brian Keel, the red and the blue, joining us at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Rise and shout. Go Cougs. Love to see the Utes lose. Comes down to the playoffs. Got to give it up to the guys from Utah. Go, guys. And forget those teams from the East. Boo, Alabama. Boo. He ran out of his 15 seconds, but we get where you're going, and there's a lot of people in the car just nodding like, yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. Boo, Alabama. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. DJ and PK brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. All right, we got a couple things going here. Uh, we've got Utah State playing a big game, trying to get a share of the division title. They need to be Boise State at home. We don't know if Jordan Love's going to play, and we do know that if the Broncos win, they're going to win the division outright. So high stakes, big game Saturday night in Logan. For everybody else, ooh, wow. What do we got here? We got the Utes favored by 23 at Arizona. We got the Cougars favored by 40 points at UMass. And we got the Jazz playing the worst team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. There's two things I didn't think I was going to be putting together in one sentence. The worst team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. after the last six-year run. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't happen in the NBA unless LeBron walks away from your team. Uh, Both times LeBron has left Cleveland when he left Miami. It was over. Explosions, smoke, dust everywhere. It was it was awful. But largely, what we get is it's the Warriors and the, and the and the Cavs, and then it's the Warriors and the Cavs, and then the next year it's the Warriors and the Cavs. LeBron and Miami, four straight finals. So we don't see teams fall apart like the Warriors did. Now it's extraordinary circumstances here. They lose a big time free agent. They have two guy. They have a guy retire, and they have two guys get hurt. So they have taken major hits. This does actually happen in other sports, just not to this level. Um, the World Series has actually had a run here where the uh, Royals, the year after they won the series, uh, they went from World Series champs to 81 and 81, and they're just 500. Now, not the worst team in the league like the Warriors. The Giants won three World Series in five years, but in between, in between their second and third titles, they were 10 games under 500. And the Red Sox won a championship in 2013, and then they were 20 games under 500 the next year. So it can happen. And, you know, in baseball, if you lose a key starting pitcher or two, you can take a big hit there. Uh, it happens in the NFL all the time. You, you, even if you win the World Series, there's about a 1-3, 1-4 chance you miss the playoffs the next year. And the Bucks raiders uh, Super Bowl, you know, both teams – Came out of the Super Bowl and had a losing season six and ten and seven and nine the next year. So it happens, but it doesn't usually happen in the NBA, and it doesn't usually happen to this level where the Warriors have just completely fallen apart. So Jazz and Warriors tonight, and the Jazz and Pelicans, and there's already uh, reports out. Tony Jones, who covers the the Jazz for the Athletics, says that Favors is out with back spasms. He didn't play last night, and he's not going to play again when the Pelicans here on Saturday night, uh, according to what Tony's reporting on Twitter right now. So, yeah. Not much to watch for. Now, if you're a Ute fan, you can watch the other games. Uh, at 10 a.m., you got Minnesota and Penn State. And I really do think 
for everything we've been talking about. And Ute fans don't want to believe it's true. Penn State, Ohio State. What's happening with it's Penn State, Ohio State is the game, but what is happening in the rankings with Minnesota and Penn State is what I'm afraid and PK and and Uyak and Frank Dolce and uh, Gunther to a degree. Gunther to a degree. uh, Definitely uh, Tim Brando. Um, and I'm forgetting, I know there's somebody else, and I'm forgetting Riley Jensen. who else we've put, had on. Put him on the list. Yeah. So Minnesota beats Penn State. And Minnesota is 9-1 and one now, because they just lost uh, to Iowa in a close game on the road to a ranked team. And Penn State lost to Minnesota head-to-head. But Penn State's 8 and Minnesota's 10, and they are setting it up for Penn State to be higher ranked than Minnesota, even though they shouldn't be. But Penn State's got the better brand name, and they're setting it up to grease the skids so the Rose Bowl can pick Penn State and say, well, we're taking the higher-ranked team. Well, why are they higher-ranked team if you're both 9-1 and one and Minnesota won head-to-head? Because college football, when in doubt, like Tim Brando said, they take the logic, they bend it into a pretzel to make it fit however they want, and they get the team they want with the brand name that's going to deliver better ratings and more money. Now, I'll plead guilty if you want to call in right now, DJ, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yes, I am. Let's not debate that. Let's move on to something else. Follow the money. There's a conspiracy to get things set up. Yep, I agree. So, you can watch Penn State and Ohio State, and Penn State will get their second loss. But then, if Ohio State beats Minnesota in the title game, Minnesota has their second loss. I think there's a decent chance that we're going to see Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Now, will the Utes or Oregon be there? Will they be there because they're the Pac-12 champ, or will they be there because they lost the Pac-12 title game and the winner is in the playoff? All questions to, uh, to be answered, but I think, I think we see where the arrows are pointing. All right, got to take a break. When we come back, BYU. They got UMass this week. It ought to be win number seven, and then it's San Diego State and a bid for win number eight. Brian Keel, the red and the blue. We're talking Cougar football with Brian next. Stay with us.